Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to wish you a very <laughs> happy new year from He Shoots, He Draws, with me, Dave Clayton, and him over there, Glyn Dewis. Uh, happy new year. Happy new year. It's 2019. We're in the future. I know. Crazy. Flying cars, hoverboards. It's, cra- it's a crazy world we live in, Glenn. It's like overnight, <laughs> everything changed. <laughs> and yet, bizarrely, I still feel the same. I know. So, did you have a good Christmas? I did, mate. It was a, a very quiet Christmas, which was the idea. Uh, but we're yeah. going away, um, blimey, in about a week's time. We're going to go and have a bit of time out just for a few days down in a nice little cottage and just have a bit of a relax because there's a busy few weeks ahead after that. So, we're going to have some time out beforehand. What about you? Uh, it was all right. It was nice and quiet. Just had the family. I had, um, had my mother-in-law around for Christmas. Um, just quiet one at home. It went so quick mm. as well. It's like we're just finishing at three o'clock on the Friday before Christmas. And then I was driving back up to Hereford this morning and it felt like, did, I, did we have a break? I know. But but it was it was good. It was lovely spending time with the girls because, you know, with, with the work schedule and everything and writing the book, it's been... You know, you're sort of all over the place, but it was good. And a nice, quiet new year as well. Saw the new year in with the kids. Good. So, good, good, yeah, good. it was all good. Got a good present for Christmas. Go I got that um, video, the Peter Jackson one. Oh, the uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. Yes. Yeah, Brilliant. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So I want to sit down and watch it properly uninterrupted. But yeah, I got that. That was one of, one of the presents I asked for. So Actually, nice. on the because on, you've got the Blu-ray, I think because you sent me the picture of it, the, um, yeah. there's the Peter Jackson's got like an interview at the end of that. Make sure you listen to that because what okay. he says in that is very relevant to what we're going to talk about today. Excellent. Yeah. So what we wanted to do at the beginning was just kind of talk about um, a couple of things about the show and what's coming up. Um, as, as Glenn said, we've got quite a powerful episode today it was sort of following on from the episode we did with Glenn's friend Nathan a while back which we had a lot of feedback about and if you follow Glenn on social media and you see his Instagram posts and, and his follow his blog you could you'll kind of know where this episode's coming from if you haven't seen it I suggest you go and while you're listening you get his website up and have a look because some of this will start to make sense but um yeah we just sort of wanted to wish you a happy new year uh, we are aware that we said we're going to do the prize draw, but we just felt today we wanted to get this episode done because it was quite a, not an intense one, but quite a serious, powerful one. So It's um, a bit of a wake-up call, as it, as it has been for, yeah. I think, both of us, I think it's fair to say, with what's just happened over the last few days. Yes, so. yeah. And, uh, and we'll talk about it more in the episode. But, um, yeah, so we're going to do the prize draw thing next week and mm-hmm. just explain everything that we had. But, yeah, we just sort of wanted to get on with this this week's episode and cover this particular topic. All right. Well, the uh, the blog post that you kind of alluded to there, mate, is called uh, Gifting Portraits, the Best Feeling for Photographers. So if you had a look at that, you'll know that in there I did a few pictures that I actually got printed and framed and I gave them purely as as gifts uh, for some special people and one of them was for my brother Greg and he was dressed in his yeah. uniform another one was my uncle Jeff who I think I've mentioned before on the podcast the author yeah uh, I've got a picture done for him and the other one was a surprise portrait and it was for Nathan's uh, it was a present for Nathan that he knew nothing about uh, and after I'd kind of seen him and re- recorded that episode for the podcast the one where he talks about 
the health issues that he's had. I mean, really, really powerful stuff. I contacted Nathan's mom, who I've known since I was in the Ita of Grasshopper. She's known me all my life, although we've had a gap of seeing each other. And I said, look, on the podcast, it is clear how important Nathan's kids and you, you know, his family are to him. So how about we get together secretly, a nice location, I'll come and take a picture, we'll get it printed and we'll give them to him for, for a gift. So we did that, took a picture of his kids, great kids, got up really early on a weekend, came and did the portraits. The place that we did it at, they were fantastic, called the uh, the Apple Tree. Um, yeah, wasn't it a pub? It was kind of like a cafe, but they do have like a bar attached to them. But they were absolutely fantastic, really, really supportive for us because they let us in get, get in there early. Yeah. Uh, but as well as taking a picture of his kids, I took a picture of his parents. Like I said, I've known them all my life, Adrian and Dave. Um, so we gave them, gave them the, the prints, saw them uh, literally a day or two before Christmas. I, caught, I went up there the weekend before. Hold on, Christmas was on the Tuesday. Yeah, I was there on the weekend before it. Yeah. And... Uh, I went to Nathan's mom's. I messaged Nathan, said, can you meet me? And he did. He had no idea why. And then uh, I gave him the prints. And he was completely gobsmacked. He, he, I mean, Nathan's, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, and he got, you know, got quite emotional about the pictures because they mean so much of him, the ones of his kids, and also the one I've done, a separate one of his mom and his dad. Yeah. And his dad was there, and I was having a good old chat with his dad, Dave. He was a super bloke. He was a proper man's man, you know, real good, strong man all his life. And, I've, and they were talking about military history and what he knew about Adrian's dad, which is just incredible. Um, so that was it. Uh, wish them a happy Christmas, and, and away you go. And then uh, it was... Uh, the day after Boxing Day, 27th, yeah. I get up and I've got a message on my phone from Nathan. Uh, in fact, if I just have a quick look, I think, I think it was on WhatsApp or on Messenger, but basically saying that uh, his dad had died. A complete and utter bolt out the blue. I mean, he, he had a bit of a chest infection when I saw him, and he was, he was, he was short of breath. And mm. they did say that he had uh, he'd been in casualty, uh, A&E, at the a hospital on Christmas Eve, he'd been in in the uh, in the hospital. Boxing Day, he got progressively worse, and they called it an idiopathic, some kind of condition. But they call it idiopathic, okay. which means they don't really know the cause of it, because it right. was a breathing problem. And you, usually, if there's a breathing problem, they'll they'll ask you questions like, "Oh, have you ever worked in a in an area where there's asbestos, or have you worked down a mine?" And that could kind of mm. contribute as to why you got the problem. But Dave hadn't. David worked in the newspaper industry all his life. He was a graphics guy. What he could do with Photoshop and before Photoshop was insane. Really? Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant stuff I'd seen him doing. Um, so there was no reason for it. And then Nathan messaged, messaged me to say that you know he died. And I was like, oh, my. It just completely just didn't feel real. And without being negative, you kind of think that, do you know what? I can't wait for 2018 to sod off. What yeah, yeah. a year 2018. And I'm not being negative at all, but you know, you and me both know it's it's had its challenges this year or 2018 yeah, anyway. Um I I you know, my dad died, I had an uncle die, you had your yeah, I your, lost I lost my dad, my wife lost her dad. Yeah, um, that's right. My girls lost two granddads. Um and then my dad's brother also died and you know, it was a oh, it wasn't 
wasn't a great year. No, it wasn't a great year on though that that kind of stuff. So it was really yeah. hard. And I just wanted to get rid of 2018, but more than anything, it really made me realise the importance of taking photographs. And I'm not talking about staged photographs with lighting and all that kind of stuff. Just take photographs of those yeah. nearest and dearest, your friends, your family, the people who are closest to you. Take pictures of them whenever you can. So on the back of what happened with Nathan. I sent a message out on email to people who were part of my email group. And it was to basically say, uh, Nathan Nathan was fine with this, I cleared it with him, he was fine with this, to basically say, as a reminder, folks, 2019, make it the year that you take photos of people who are your nearest and dearest. Because we just do not know what's around the corner. And this isn't being negative, this is just being, you know... <laughs> It's, it's it's what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So well, last last year we know when my dad, um, you know, my, my dad had Alzheimer's and mm. dementia, and we knew he was progressively getting worse. And we'd had the conversation: you were going to come over, we were going to get all the family together and try and do what we probably realised would be the last family portrait because Dad's condition was getting worse. But obviously, when we're family you know in london and down in chichester it was you know hard to try and get everyone together and unfortunately kind of as we got towards the time where we thought we could make it happen dad had had to go into respite he took a turn for the worst within a couple of weeks we lost him and you know i'm 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 sad we never got that photograph um mm. but you we, we there's a great portrait you took of my dad which was which we've got and we got printed and it's on yeah. his little album cover That's and right. you know i'm glad you got that so you know, and that was a two week period. You know, that was we had the conversation about getting the fact you were saying, like, get them together, get them together. And um, and by the time we eventually realized we could all be together, mm. we realized we were all together because dad had to go into respite. So, personally, I know, you know, how important that would yeah. have been. Yeah. Well, um, those of you who listen to Nathan's episode will know that Nathan is. is he just seems to be such a wise man and he's he's got such a good head on his shoulders how he kind of explains things, which beyond, it, it baffles me how he has got that strength. But I want to read out what Nathan sent me today on WhatsApp, a message, because I obviously just keep mm. in touch saying, how are you, mate? And I'll read out his reply in a minute. But what I'll do, if you're all right with it, because you, you don't know what the content of these no, is. No, no, I've not seen any but of these. in response to the email I sent out to people, letting everyone know what had happened, because Nathan had had such an impact on people... I had so many replies, and this is a genuine one. I had so mm. many replies from people who just literally said, thanks for the email, um, thanks for the reminder that it's really important that we do take pictures. But I've had this, there's a few here that I want to read out which really, really hit home. And just yeah, to sort of clarify, each person's email that I'm going to read out now, I have contacted them today and asked if they're happy for me to read them out. And I've had a reply saying yes. So the, the, yeah. the people do know I'm going to read them out. So I'll read these out now, mate, if you're all right. Okay, yeah, go for it. Now, the first one is from somebody called Henry Murphy. Uh, and they put, hi, Glyn. Thank you for sharing this story with me of your friend's parents. I do know exactly how you feel about this because I too have had this experience. My wife and I got together many, many years ago. It was around 1982, 1983. My wife a bit older than me, had three children from a previous marriage, one son and two daughters. The girls were already teenagers and being a young man myself and being streetwise, I knew the dangers they were going to face when they were at the nightclub age. So when Marie was 18, she and her close friend Amanda would often visit the nightclub in Ipswich. I would insist that when Anne-Marie came out of the nightclub, she would phone me and whatever time it was, 
I would get out of bed and go and pick her up. She was resistant to this because she said she felt stupid in front of her friends. But I knew that the Gary boys, with their loud exhaust, paraded in the streets where the nightclub was and how dangerous it was. One Sunday afternoon, Amanda came to our house and could be heard upstairs with Marie giggling as they both would. I, at the time, had the interest in photography and was trying to master fill-in flash as I was intending on having a go at wedding photography. My camera was a Mamiya twin lens and the flash gun was a Metz 45. I asked Amanda if she would sit for me in the back garden so I could practice the techniques. Eventually, she agreed. It was uh, a bit hit and miss, as you will know, no digital back in those days. I later did buy a Polaroid back for my uh, Bronica, but that was a year or so later. Anyway, I sent the film off to the lab uh, and didn't give the images too much thought as it was just experimenting. Now, you've probably already guessed what has happened next. Yes, within a matter of weeks, Amanda went to the nightclub and Amanda was hit while crossing the road by a speeding car and she died later in hospital. Without my knowledge, Marie had mentioned to Amanda's mother that I had recently taken a photograph of Amanda. Amanda's mother said that she hadn't got any photographs of Amanda. She'd only got ones that had been taken when she was at school and asked if I could supply her with a copy. When I took the enlarged photograph to the house with the waiting parents and family, there were many tears. This was around 30 years ago and that emotion that filled that room has stayed with me to this day. If we can create so much emotion by creating images, then we should never stop doing it. That same image, reduced down in size, was put on Amanda's headstone. The image technically wasn't that great, but the family wasn't looking at the technical side of things. To them, it was a memory. To me, I was so grateful to be able to share that memory with them. Today, 30 years later, I'm still learning. I'll never stop learning, but I'm not sure I'll ever learn anything more powerful than how to make a room full of people cry when presenting them with a photographic memory. Glyn, I wish you and your family a happy new year. Kind regards, Henry. Wow. That's, wow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is really, yeah, incredible yeah. stuff. So uh, let, let's get these out of the way. <laughs> I'll, read, I'll read another one, all right? Now, this, uh, this is from a, a really nice fella called John Lewis, who I had a bit of a conversation with backwards and forwards on email today. And John says this, he put, Hi Glyn, your post regarding Nathan's father stopped me in my tracks, so much so that I asked my wife to read it. I couldn't agree more with you regarding the importance of photos and their value in our lives. My wife and I were approaching our 25th wedding anniversary and the only thing we really wanted was a photo of our two children, Jonathan and Joanne, together. Unknown to us, the children had arranged a photo shoot with a local professional and on the Thursday, Joanne, our daughter, arrived home from university early to collect the proofs. Needless to say, we loved the photos and also that they'd both gone ahead and got it organised themselves. That was on the Thursday. In the early hours of Sunday morning, February the 29th, Joanne died in a road traffic accident. Needless to say that the impact on our lives was devastating and life-changing. We all deal with things very differently. My wife was much more open about her grief, whereas I bottled things up. I eventually had to take a few months off work as I was unable to concentrate and I found myself in a very dark place which was only getting worse. I decided I needed something to focus on. I enrolled at a local college for study for an HND, High National Diploma, in photography. I had a love for photography when I was at school and even when we first married but hadn't taken any photos for some years. Rediscovering photography has helped me to cope with the loss of Joanne. This February will be the 15th anniversary of her passing. 
I did well with the course, which has rekindled my love for photography. I organise a small camera club now and have made many wonderful friends through photography. Now, I don't write this as something sad, but to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Now, this is when he's saying some things about me. Yeah. But he's put, you are a very genuine, nice person and share so freely. Your World War II project is so very important and all those stories need to be told. As you've said, it's something you have to do. I don't claim to understand why things happened the way they did, but I do believe that God has a plan for us all and he has sustained Lorraine and I through it all. Our son Jonathan is now married and we have two wonderful grandchildren, Nathan and Sarah. The photographs of Jonathan and Joanne are priceless and our most treasured possessions. A moment in time that can never be repeated, but can be enjoyed forever. Hmm. Wow. And there's two more, very, very short. Yeah. Uh, one is from uh, Pat O'Halloran, who says, Glenn, hi, Glenn. My mum passed away on Christmas Day. We had, we, yeah, I know. We'd had a birthday party for her back in May, and I took a few photos. Not posed portraits, but even so, I'm, I'm glad I had them. I totally understand what you mean about having had the chance to do so. We should photograph our loved ones more often. And the last one you'll know uh, is a guy called Alan Clark. Yeah. And he said, Glyn, thanks for the email. It is very sad to hear that Nathan's dad passed away, and I'm sure he was grateful for you to take one of his last photos of him. It happened to myself of my stepbrother's child in the USA, who I go and see every year, and I decided to do some photos of him as we were leaving the, other, the following day. Two weeks later, I got a call saying that he was involved in a car accident and did not survive. So I know what you mean. Keep up the good work, and thanks for sharing your knowledge with us. So... That's four of quite a lot of replies that I got, but yeah. four emails that just completely, if anything, gave me a real slap around the face as a reminder to take pictures of those nearest and dearest to us. So, Absolutely, yeah. And there's a picture of my mum's, of um, my my mum's father, my granddad. And I used to go, and, uh, at the time I had a job travelling on the road. And I used to be able to sort of wangle a couple of visits to go over and see him because he was over in Ipswich. And uh, I remember going in one day and I sat with him and um, he he recognised me. But I mean, he was 93, 94. Um, he recognised me, but he couldn't say who I was. He just knew he knew me. Mm. And we'd sit and chat and we'd, you know, he'd be asking, he'd be asking about the place he'd, he'd been in for a while. And I had a little Instamatic with me and I just happened, I, I, it was like, should I take a picture with him? Should I? Yeah. And I asked one of the carers, would you take a picture of me and my granddad, please? Mm. And and she took this little snap and, you know, I'm I'm super young, <laughs> brown hair. <laughs> um, it's not, the, again, it's not the greatest photo in the world, but it's the last photo with my granddad. Mm. And it was just that moment of, should I trouble someone to do this or shall I do it? Because these days it's... It, the selfie culture, I think, sometimes cheapens a good photograph. Mm. And I've seen some other one. I think just, you know, just hand a camera to someone. It doesn't have to be a selfie. Just hand the camera and say, could you just grab a shot? Whether it's, you know, grandchildren, nephews, nieces, grandparents, aunts, uncles. Because, you know, especially with elderly people. I mean, you've just told stories of, you know, children which having two kids really hits home. But yeah. when it's elderly people, you kind of expect it. So try and get those those memories because mm. you know i'm lucky my family um somehow took a lot of photographs you're mm. going way back i've got pictures of my great 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 granddad um and my mum's my mum's got a few and i'm so glad that that side of the family took 
so many photographs because you know these days it's such a you know digital throwaway but that that just getting that print just printing it off and giving it to someone mm. just adds a level of it, it becomes a thing yeah it becomes a it's, thing it's interesting you, what you say got. there about the selfie culture it kind of makes as soon as you said that it kind of made me almost want to say well almost i am going to say it it made me want to say to you know folks who are listening if ever we are with other people and we start to do the selfie thing, grab who's with you and include them in it. <laughs> Don't yeah. do a selfie of yourself. Get a picture with somebody else in it. because, And it's not being morbid. It's just being, you know, there is a there will become a time one day when you'll be so glad that you included them in that picture. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, I know we're only right at the very, very beginning of the year, doesn't have to be a Christmas present. Why don't you just contact some people that you know? Some people, you know, rather than kind of putting it off, organise it now. Make get it in a touch project. with some people. Get a Make project. Make it a family project. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Do you know what? I mean, that World War Two project for me, I'm loving it. There's a lot of effort going into it. A lot of travel coming up and what have you. A lot of planning and preparation and stuff like that. But you know what? If you've got a family out there of people, you know, your uncles, your aunties, your grandma, your granddad, your kids photograph them let that be your project have a project yeah. about family and photograph them and do not delay and when you take their picture get it printed and give it to them yeah and it means you get to see your family it's like it's a double good thing a you're probably going to see some aunts and uncles and relatives you wouldn't normally see and go you know spend the year taking pictures of your nearest and dearest and kind of work out you know aunts and uncles cousins second cousins and that but a, it means you get a chance to practice your portrait photography. You're actually going to create something really nice, get family shots, see if it's like you with them or them with their kids. But it, but it also means you get to see your family. It's none of this yeah. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of can step away from that Facebook um, family, friends thing and actually physically go and meet some real people. And you're going to come across, you know, family or friends that go, oh, no, I don't like having my picture taken. Well, you know, that's to be expected. But just turn it around and say, look, can I take your picture? It would it would mean a heck of a lot to me if I could just take it. Yeah. Just say something like that. And just, you know, it doesn't have to be a pose picture. Say, look, I'm not looking for you to pose or smart. I just want to take take a picture because it yeah. would really help me and I'd really I'd really love to do it. Yeah. That's why I want you to come over and like my mum was born uh, 1939. Mum was born the year World War Two started. Mm. She was born in the east end of London. She lived in Hackney, she lived in Walthamstow. She was right in the heart of it. You know, there was bomb damage to the house. And she was, she went from like birth to six years old mm. during the time of the war. And I was chatting to her the other day about it. And I, it was surprising how few stories I knew of my mum of that time. And she was just telling me she could remember these things from, you know, from such a young age because, you know, being born during wartime is, does leave a lasting impression. But, and immediately I said to you, could you come over and take a portrait of my mum? Because we missed the one with dad. Yes. I'd love to get one with mum because, you know. Mate, that's happening. She's fit and healthy. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just made me, you know, made me think that, you know, with my photography project this year, I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to try and go and visit some friends and family, take the camera out, practice some some portrait stuff, um, just really to capture them as, as family. Yeah, and who cares about... And print them out. Yeah, exactly, rather than just keeping them hidden on some digital storage. But, you know, don't don't fret so much. Of course, it's great to take a really nice, beautifully lit with a nice background and all that kind of stuff, compositions being bang on. But you know what? 
if anything happens like what I've just read out there, and also you know like what we've experienced over the you know all of us over the last year, you, the last thing you're going to look at when you when you see a picture is, is you're never going to criticise all the lighting could have been better, all the composition, all oh, look they're not really rule of thirds there are they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to give a damn about that. No, so just take no. the picture anyway. That's why some of the most powerful uh, images in history were weren't posed. Mm. They were they were. Moment. I've always said this about as I come into photography or as, as my my presence around photography is I've never really warmed to the staged the like the portrait the the mm. light in the studio because my thing has always been you capture in a moment and you're either capturing a setup moment or a real moment and I've always found myself drawn to um journalistic photography yeah, uh, like war photography and and those kind of things, where it was it captured that moment in time that became mm. iconic, or um, sort of set the scene for that moment in time that we all remember. And there's probably lots of things in our life that we'll remember. We get an image in our in our head, and it's an image we've seen in the newspaper. But when it comes to relatives, it's like you say, just get a picture of them. Yeah, and also what you said there about you don't like to do. You've never been drawn to posed stuff. And this isn't being trying to be clever in linking in other episodes, but you know the previous episode to this, Vincent Versace, when he was talking about how he is using today's technology to make sure that he does capture those kind of natural, real expressions and feelings within a picture by using a silent shutter, face tracking, and a natural uh, light or consistent lighting. And people didn't even know when he explains how he's doing those portraits that they're not even that they're having their picture taken. He'll kind of say to them, you know, he'll ask them something that will get them to really think. And you can while they're doing that, while they're thinking about something and talking about something, he's just very kind of, you know, covertly taking pictures by using a remote shutter, silent yeah. shutter, so they have no idea. There's no flash going off because it's constant light, and he's just taking shot after shot after shot, and because it's face tracking them as well, they are perfectly sharp. But and it works a treat because I did it on those um, the two recent guys that I photographed, one in Wales, Ted, and then the yeah. guy in, in Burntwood as well. You know the, the sort of Normandy veterans, and it worked brilliantly on them because a flash going off, the sound of a shutter click in, and all this kind of stuff kind of brings somebody out. It kind of wakes them up almost and makes them oh yeah I'm being having my photo taken aren't I? And then things change. Whereas if that doesn't happen, you're invisible. You just capture it all. I think it's brilliant. So if you haven't heard it. Haven't heard that episode. Make sure you check out Vincent's episode. And also going back to your, because of his, obviously it's been more recent, have you found as well, and this is kind of like advice for anybody thinking of doing this, um, have you found that when you're with older people, I'll say elderly, mm. um, do they seem more comfortable in front of camera as a generation, more so than, because it, in my mind, it's like because the younger generation are so kind of absorbed in what they look like and appearance. I know what you're saying. That, yeah. Whereas older people just, and I mean this in the in the nicest possible way, is those photographs I've seen. Those those gentlemen and those ladies just look so comfortable with themselves. Do you know? Like, do you know what? what? That's, that is really interesting. You say that, and the way that I can explain that there is a difference. Hundred percent, there is a difference. Um. Now, with photographs that I've taken, I took some photos this year, and it was of a company, and there was males and females I was photographing. 
when I was photographing the females, and they, this is young, millenn- uh, what's it called? Mm. Millennials, millennials Mille- I call them? Millennials. Millennials, that's it. Yeah. Um, when I was taking their picture, they were so, this is mainly the girls, I have to say, my God, they were so self-conscious of what they're doing and how they're posing. And even though I was saying, don't pose your head, they were tilting their head like they're having a selfie done and do this, do that. And they're checking the pictures. It was really, really hard, right? And it was like, what do I look like? What do I look like? What do I look like? Compare that to what it's like photographing the people that you've just mentioned there, these elderly people that I'm photographing. They just sit there. I'm very calm and we just keep the conversation going, do the lighting, keep everything nice and gentle, take their pictures. And every single person without fail, every single one of them has said, are you happy with what you got? Really? (laughs) Yeah. None of them are going, what did I look like? It's a case of, are you happy with what you got? And it's like, the difference, yeah. The difference is, it's night and day difference, completely different. Yeah. I was just thinking, actually, as a project, we're talking about project, is maybe a nice thing to do is if you want to practice your portrait stuff, is go along to an old people's home and ask the residents if you could go in and just sort of set up a little corner and ask any of the residents if they want, uh, you know, if they'd like their, their photograph taken. And then when their family come, it's a nice surprise for them. It's a good way of of being around yeah. people and practicing and you know like you say it's not like a ton of makeup and hair and fashion and everything comes into it you're capturing characters you're yeah capturing i guess it. i guess a brilliant idea i really would say it's a great idea i would say the only thing with that is just make sure that the person you're photographing um how can it's i say this is mind them. yes yeah. and they're completely Knows aware what. because then that could upset the family when they come oh what why, why have you done this you know yeah. You don't know how it's going to affect them. But I know what you're saying. I think it would be a, a lovely thing to do because I know yeah. now that, you know, my, my granddad's not around, your granddad's not around. If somebody would be able to present me with a really, really lovely portrait they'd taken of my granddad. Although my yeah. uncle's got some really cracking ones because my uncle Dave took some superb photos of my granddad. But to be able to yeah. say, there you go, there's a picture, you'd love it, wouldn't you? You would absolutely love and it. Just explain to me, Glyn, the the picture of your brother that you took, how was that presented? Because I know you, you got it framed, but you didn't want to put it on social media at first. No, okay. So um, basically, uh, my brother, Greg, uh, he's in the military. He had been in the intelligence corps. He did his service in Afghanistan, saw action and what kind of stuff. Then once he's come back, he's then eventually left the military, but then he's rejoined and now he's in the uh, medical corps. And I wanted to take a portrait of Greg. Now, long story short, those who have listened uh, will kind of know that the the history of my family, that I don't see certain members and haven't done for quite some time, like my mom. And I don't know why. I, could, I, I try, couldn't even explain it to myself, really. But I just thought, knowing that my mom is, knowing her as I do know her, even though I've not seen her for a long time, I know she's incredibly proud of Greg. Who wouldn't be incredibly proud of their son for having done what he's done? So I spoke to Greg and said, look, can we take a portrait of you? So Greg was, of course, mate, of course. So I go to his house. He'd actually brought his uniform so we could actually uh, photograph him, did the portrait. And the style of the portrait, this is how it all started off really was, his pose was the same pose as a picture I've got of my granddad. Right. The same kind of look where he's turning his head away, not looking. So that was, it was a portrait of my granddad from when he was in the military in World War II that inspired me to do this picture. Also inspired me to do the picture of my Uncle Jeff as well. Yeah. Um, So we did the picture and I got it printed. And I also got it framed uh, by a friend of mine called Robin who owns a place called Pretty Light Pictures in Tame in Oxfordshire. 
and it had this beautiful mount, almost like a canvasy material mount and a very old looking frame. It looked absolutely gorgeous. And I gave that to Greg and, I, and the idea was to give it to Greg as my present to him that he could then gift to my mom. Right. So it was kind of coming from me, but it was coming through Greg. So it's a present from both of us, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and it just felt the right thing to do. I still don't yeah. see my mom, but it just felt the right thing to do because, and this isn't blowing my own trumpet here, he ain't, he ain't going to get a portrait like that done again or anywhere else. No. And I know that I could do a really good, old-looking military portrait for him. And he said, you know, I just said to him discreetly, look, when you give it to mom, can you just send me a message to see how it was received? Yeah. And uh, he basically said, nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. She was speechless. Yeah. She got quite upset at first, but was really over the moon with it. So, oh, you know, cool. so I was, yeah, that felt good. It did, it did, it felt yeah. good. It felt good to do that. So, so not only getting them printed, but getting them framed as well makes a yeah, big difference. Yeah. I mean, that's, of course, an yeah. investment. And there's only certain people who do that for. Like, I got it framed for, uh, for Greg because of what it was for. And also for my uncle Jeff, because my uncle Jeff is just, I've always been incredibly fond of my uncle Jeff. I always, always have. Um, I just wanted to do something for him, basically. Yeah. So that's what I, I must did. admit. I do love when I go into a house and the, the, the rooms have a lot of framed photographs. It's that lovely, house yeah. always seemed, yeah, it always seems warmer and more, there's like yeah. there's more love. Well, we've and, got a memory wall. All... If you went up our staircase, yes. there's loads yeah, of think... pictures as you come up our stairs. You're on it, Alan Hess is on it, Joel Grimes on it. There's all loads of people, friends, family, you name it, from all over these different, you know, dogs that we know. They're yeah. all on the wall there. It's just lovely to have these memories. It's, photos are incredibly important even yes. more so when they're printed. Yeah. So I think the moral of, of this episode um, is take the time, get the photograph. Just um, do it. Just do it. Yeah, no matter what kit you've got with you, whatever you grab, get, having the image is better than no image, definitely. Just commit to like, it. Just completely commit to doing it because I tell you what, there is no worse feeling that when something happens that you find yourself saying, I wish I'd, yeah. that's the yeah. worst, because you can't do anything about it then. Never, no. ever, ever find yourself, if you can help it, if you've had the chance to do something but you didn't do it, never find yourself in a position where you're going, I wish I'd taken that portrait. Yeah. I've got I've got one picture of dad um, that was taken about a week and a half before he died, about just about two weeks before he died. And he was in when he was in his respite and I, I took my phone in with me and he was sat in the chair and uh, we found his teeth because I was a bit annoyed. Oh, I thought bless. his teeth had got lost. Got him to put his teeth in. And I can't remember what he was saying, but he was telling us he was telling us about two of something and he put his hands up and it was like he was given the peace sign, like the old Winston Churchill peace sign. And he had the biggest grin on his face and he had his hand in the air doing like this peace sign. It's just a beautiful image of him in his chair. That was the last photograph we got of the dad. Lovely. And it, it was another one of those where I'm glad I got my phone out and took it. And I'm glad I just captured that moment because yeah. it's, you know, it's an iPhone photograph, but man, will I treasure that Absolutely, picture mate, for the yeah. rest of my Absolutely. life. And, so, um, so I've got. Uh, if you're okay, I just want one thing I want to finish up on, and we'll call. We'll yeah, kind of, of wrap course, it up because yeah. I mentioned about Nathan. That's what it's all about. And Nathan, I sent Nathan a message on WhatsApp this morning, just checking in with him, seeing how he is. And if I read out his reply, yeah, and then we'll kind of call it. All right, with okay, the overriding yeah. message of folks take the down pictures. So anyway, I messaged Nathan this morning, basically just to say hi, mate. Hope you're doing okay. 
as simple as that and this is Nathan's reply hi buddy I'm enduring shall we say when me and Dan now Dan's his brother who I was at school yeah, with, yeah. when me and Dan are around mom and sorting stuff out we're both very boardroom and calm task to do practical and logical approach then when I'm alone I remember our past and him not being here seeing my children as upset as they've been is also hard but that said today's better Death is something that I'm, not, that I'm not afraid of. I've been close and prepared for it a couple of times, so I know it's inevitable sometime. When death comes, I also see it as a change of direction on your own journey. You've gone home, to a better place where you're free from all your pain and your troubles. It also, although we and I know, as it's happening now, allows us, the people left, an opportunity to grow and learn from this situation and teach us the other side of life. That life isn't about happiness all the time. There can be pain and discomfort which balances our scales and makes us appreciate what we have around us and to not take anything for granted. The message that tells Seb, who's his son, the girls, you and everyone who knew Dad that there may not be a tomorrow. Tell anyone who you have a message for, good, bad, love or neutral, tell them today because time may run away and you've lost it. I've been doing a bit of that over the last 24 hours. Your tomorrow is your today, which is why you must do your stuff today. So there you go. All right, so... Yeah, we'll finish on that. I don't think it's much more to add. We'll see everyone next week. Keep taking pictures, folks, and we will yes. see you, or rather you'll hear us, next week. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs>